If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, everybody. As always, we're excited you're here listening and learning. Today, we're going to address what happens after a sale. We spend a ton of time talking about the sales cycle, but we often end that discussion with the close and the sale. But really, there's plenty that happens after a prospect or a client says yes, and that actually contributes to building a strong client base and keeping high persistency, which is if you're brand new to the industry or um, the coaching role, that just means keeping the policies on the books, which is super important. Um, I think the reason we don't spend too much time talking about the post-sale service is because, well, it's not exactly the most exciting part of the process, right? I mean, no one loves paperwork, hand-holding through underwriting, delivering policies, and so on. But we know that our reps pay attention to what we highlight as important. So today, I want to put in a plug for following up and following through as a critical business strategy to build credibility, trust, future sales and a strong client base that no competitor can poach from. Granham says early on in the text that there are actually two keys to building solid, lasting relationships, and they are following through on your commitments, no surprise there, in other words, doing what you say you'll do, and staying in touch on a regular basis. That really forms the entire basis of the one-card system. Um, it seems pretty straightforward until you think about the fact that as a financial rep, you'll eventually be keeping in touch with hundreds of clients and prospects. So staying organized is so important. And I, <laughs> I can't, if I had a nickel for every time I said this sentence, let the system do its job. I don't care how smart an FR is, they simply can't keep track of everything in their heads. Um, and I would remind you at this point, the Granham system isn't just a bunch of numbers. It's a system of organization that is specifically designed to help you fulfill um, those two keys that I mentioned earlier. So let's first talk about getting a prospect or a client through underwriting once they have said yes, they bought something. I, I want to emphasize the main thing to remember here is that people just want to be kept informed, even if it's just to say to them, hey, Heather, nothing's changed yet. We're still working on it. Think about when you call a company for any kind of service. There's usually a wait time, right? But the good companies will pipe in now and then with some kind of message to let you know you haven't been forgotten. And if they have to transfer you, the good ones will say, you'll experience a minute or two of silence while I transfer you or something to that effect, just so you know that you've not been abandoned to this dark void 
while you're waiting for someone to solve your problem. Um, underwriting can take a while. So it's important for your prospect to know that you haven't abandoned them to the process now that you have made a sale. So side thought, <laughs> FRs love to complain about strict underwriting, but I always like to point out that you want to be with a company that has tough standards on the front end and finds ways to pay claims and not deny them on the back end, not the other way around. Heather, what do you think about that? I just would absolutely agree. I mean, yes, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things about the Northwestern for sure. Um, one of the things I bought into early and often. So let's talk about everybody's favorite thing to do, which is deliver policies. I kid, of course. <laughs> um, so Granham has very specific objectives for the delivery interview. And most people don't know that because they don't usually get that far in the book because um, it's, it's kind of in the back because it goes in order. Um, now, I realize in the last couple of years with COVID, the home office, I think, has been mailing policies directly to clients. But I also know that they still have to sign the policy delivery acknowledgements and so forth. Um, again, not the most exciting thing, but it's an amazing opportunity to have a brief, even if it's virtual meeting, to do the following things. First, to review the policy enthusiastically and reflect on why it was a wise purchase in the first place. Why did you, why they took the step in the plan. Also to congratulate and express admiration for your client's foresight, responsibility, and discipline to do the proper planning. You know, making people feel good about what they did is really important, especially down the road when they think about, why am I paying for this? Why am I spending money on something I don't actually have in my hand? It's a major opportunity to guarantee persistency, which again, is just keeping those policies on the books to set up future sales, get referrals, and set mutual expectations. And we're going to role play um, a little differently in our Say That Again section today, where um, instead of a coach and an FR, we're going to be a, an FR and a client. So clients like to know that they're more than just a sale to their advisors, right? Like they want to think that you actually care about them because we know that you do. And part of the way that you show that is to keep in touch after the delivery, and that means contacting clients at their age change for a review, like we used to say when we were kids, your half birthday, right? And on their birthday. And these are what Granham would call the automatics. And FRs should get as many clients and prospects on that age change birthday schedule as possible so you don't have a lot of these one-off non-automatics to worry about or keep track of. This is also a place where I would remind you um, this, this includes the fact finders that did not buy in the first year. Remember, um, FRs should be contacting those fact finders, those prospects for another two years. So if they're properly documented in the system, they're going to pop up um, regularly, right? All right. So a note about birthdays. This is the only place I don't agree with Grano. I know, I know, don't faint. <laughs> but he says it's a time to prospect. Um, and that may be true. There's, I'm sure there's opportunities to prospect and so forth. But personally, I think having, and I've always thought this, having one contact a year, which is 100% just about the client and not asking for anything, is just good business. I think you'll gain more in the long run if you just call someone and say, hey, I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday or with your A clients to take them to lunch and say, yep, just want to, you know, chit chat and catch up with you and wish you a happy birthday. I just think that's 
um, you gain more by by that action than by every time they see you, they think that you need something from them. So that is Sabina's personal opinion. <laughs> Heather, do you have any thoughts about that? I would absolutely agree. I honestly, I feel that way even about the delivery meeting itself. I I know we joked that a lot of reps don't like the delivery meeting, right? But I, I know a lot of people that mm-hmm. enjoy it because the pressure is off, right? Like the sale has been made. And so this is such right. a great opportunity for yep. the FR to build a relationship and kind of a stress-free, lighter environment where, you know, they're not having to worry about what they're learning and making decisions. And, um, you know, I feel the same way about reaching out for birthdays and whatnot. This is the fun part. Like Mm -hmm. I said, the pressure is off. So enjoy it, embrace it, have fun with it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Now, here's a very important note about age changes and birthdays. And I beat the drum about this all the time. This is in all caps. Call them all. No cherry picking. If you don't want to call them, get them out of your system. <laughs> I don't take half measures or keep people in the system just in case. You can't see it, but I'm making air quotes that just in case. Um, I kid you not, I have been around a long time. I've seen FRs from back in the old manual blue book days when we had yellow cards and white cards and so on. Um, have this stack of yellow cards tucked away in the corner of a file cabinet, which you can probably find in a museum somewhere, um, of people they don't want to call, but they're holding on to just in case they run out of the people they do want to call. They're doing the shuffle, right? Um, I'm usually shuffling my cards. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, That is, uh, that. that's just, that's a risk that you have to take. I, I have a quote for that. It's, you can't steal second and keep your foot on first. In other words, you have to take the risk. You have to get rid of the people you don't want to call, believing that you are going to replenish them with people you do want to call. Now, I do have, there's a little caveat to that. Think of it this way. You have to call everyone, but you don't have to fight equally hard to get in front of everyone. In other words, if the people you didn't really want to call don't respond positively and they're not receptive to getting together, at least you did your job. Like you did your, you fulfilled your commitment. And you know, Grandin will even tell you this in the book, you should weed people out of your system based on their consistent negative responses to your attempts to get together. So in other words, if you call them, you know, three or four to five times in a row over a couple of years and they consistently don't want to get together, then you can take them out, take them out. Um, but don't hang on to them just in case. It gives you a false sense of security and a really um, I think kind of a skewed way of looking at your business. So um, now just about everything that we've talked about can be put in the administrative category, right? But it's also part of the client building experience and it can seem a little bit tedious, but it all helps you build a strong bulletproof practice. And once an FR is able financially to hire an assistant, a lot of the follow-up and follow-through can be delegated because it's part of the team process now. You know, in fact, I think a lot of clients would tell you that they know their FR's associate FR better than they know the FR sometimes because they know that's the person they can call when they need something right away. I think part of the skipping of delivering policies is just efficiency, right? And I think efficiency has its place, but sometimes the human element can be overlooked in the haste to get things done. And the process of doing the seemingly tedious work is, it's often what strengthens the whole practice. Um, and, and so, for example, when a competitor calls on your FR's clients and you know that's going to happen, especially as they get better and better clients, 
Um, you want your FRs to, to believe that their clients will say, thanks, but I have a trusted advisor who cares about me and keeps in touch with me, even when I'm not buying anything. I mean, and in this crazy world that we live in, that's huge, really huge. So I know what I've described in this um, episode may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but it's the glue that holds everything else together. And I think it's a critical piece um, that we lose sight of sometimes. So Heather, anything else you want to add before we go into our next segment? You know, I am thinking, first of all, this information has been more FR facing, which is fantastic. It's such helpful mm -hmm. information for our FRs to hear. So the, what's going through my mind is please pass this along to your FRs, right? I mean, let them listen to this yep. podcast. Um, as yeah. an activity coach, what should our activity coaches, first and foremost, everything that we just heard, I think it's helpful for them to know and understand, right? Anything particular for yep. activity coaches that you think, okay, here's how to implement this into the coaching that you're doing? Sure. Um, I think just as you would any other part of the sales cycle with equal emphasis. So, you know, we talk a lot about prospecting and, and transitioning the prospects to fact finding. And I think it's just that when you go around the sales cycle, it's that last step. So when you know that your FRs um, have policies and underwriting, they have um, things that are about to, to get um, issued, um, you want to ask them, you know, at, how many deliveries do you have scheduled, whether they're virtually or in person? Yeah, you know, are you comfortable with that? Do you know what you're going to say? So I think it's no different than any other step in the sales cycle. So when you're coaching people to, um, you know, one of the questions that that we always teach activity coaches when they have um, a case open is to ask when is the close scheduled. And so I think when you're asking your your FRs, um, you're looking at their calendar and they're 25 or 30 ahead, right? Because they always are. Um, to ask <laughs> them how many of those are post-sale deliveries, how many of them are deliveries or follow-ups. Mm -hmm. And I think by just shining a light on that part of the process, um, because what you as an activity coach teach and tell your FRs is what they consider important. Mm -hmm. So that's that was my long-winded answer to that. No, it wasn't long-winded at all. I, I think, like you said, just like you ask when they had a fact finder and it's a case open, when is the close scheduled? I think when they have closing meetings, asking them when is the delivery scheduled and are you prepared for that and what will you be mm -hmm. doing? Um, also, when I'm going through numbers and I see you know somebody kept four meetings and two were a fact and one was a close, right? And then you say, okay, what was the fourth meeting? Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, it was a delivery. Yeah. Not just breezing over that and saying, oh, tell me about the delivery. Yes. What, what, what took place? Did you get referrals yes. in that meeting? Um, yep. there, there's so many places we can dig in um, when we're looking at the numbers that can just mm -hmm. add that extra value. Yes. And it's, it's a long-term process, the post-sale service and delivery stuff, because you know, it doesn't yield it. You know, like when you have an open case, you have a close within the next couple of weeks, right? So mm -hmm. it, it all is here. But persistency, you can't you know, we think you can't fix it until you already know what it is, but this is how you maintain good persistency as a rep. You know, you this is one of the little anchors that you put down um, in your clients to keep them on the books. It's, that's a really critical piece of, of measuring, but it happens way in the future. Mm -hmm. So the other advice I would have for those that are doing activity coaching, if you have been a rep, then you probably understand and have 
seen a delivery or done a delivery. Um, if you haven't been mm-hmm. an FR, right, um, I would talk to some FRs about the delivery meeting. We don't talk a lot about it. There isn't a lot of emphasis on it, not a lot of training or discussion around it. As an activity coach to continue your development, go talk to a couple FRs. Say, you know, what? tell me what you do in your mm-hmm. delivery meetings. Um, you know, what's the benefit? Yes. Um, you know, do a little bit of homework. I think it's helpful on a topic that you don't hear much about. Absolutely. And when they say, oh, you know, the home office just mails those and I, I send them the <laughs> delivery acknowledgement to sign, that's an, it's an opening, right? It's an opportunity to say, well, hey, did you know right. some critical things happen in that meeting? Good stuff. So, all right. And now we will have our... Say that again. Okay. So today, we're as I said, we're going to do this a little bit differently. Heather's going to be my client and I'm going to be an FR. So I just want to do, we're just going to do a quick overview of how this might actually sound in a delivery appointment. Okay, so Heather has, has taken the first part of her, she's done the first part of her plan. Heather, thanks for meeting with me today. I am super excited to deliver the first part of your plan today. It may seem a little strange, but I want to congratulate you um, on making a critical decision to start your plan because it shows that you care about your family and your financial future. And I have to tell you, I've been doing this a while. A lot of people procrastinate on these issues thinking they have all the time in the world. Um, but you took the action to make it happen. Um, well, thank you. How do you feel about that? I'm excited about it. Um, it feels good to have it done, to be honest. (laughs) And it it just feels nice to have a sense of security. Yes. And I, again, just, you know, I, I, um, can't can, can't say enough good things about you actually taking action. Um, so we're going to review um, the steps that you took. So we're going to start with the the combination. You bought a combination of term and whole life insurance on yourself. Do you remember why you said you wanted to do that? Um, obviously, mostly just for protection in case something happens. I want my family to be able to continue living the lifestyle they're living and to be protected. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's that's right. And and I want you to again. Um, know that that puts you ahead of a lot of your peers because, again, you took action. And I also want to remind you that this is a long-term decision. So if you occasionally wonder, what was I thinking when I committed so much money to something I can't drive (laughs) where or travel to, um, I want you to think back to this conversation about why you did this planning um, because that's probably going to happen at some point. It it always does. So that's why I'm here. Um, I also want to, now that we've reviewed the details, um, I want to set some mutual expectations for our long-term work together. Um, What you can expect from me is that I'm going to contact you at least twice a year, once on your birthday, and once on what, um, as kids, we used to call our half birthday. Uh, And I'll keep you updated on any changes to the company, to our team, um, or in the financial markets, anything that would affect your plan. In return, what I'd ask of you is that you would update our team on any life changes that, that you have, such as kids, address changes, job changes, promotions, bonuses, anything else that might affect your plan, because we're here for you. That sounds good. Um, does that sound reasonable? Yeah, of course. Definitely. Okay. And Heather, there's one last thing. What do I ask you every time I see you? <laughs> for introductions. Right. That's right. I know I can see you rolling your eyes, but you know, I'm going to do it. So who do you know? And And that goes on from there. And that's right. So that's that's just, yeah, it goes on from there. So um, as a client, Heather, how would you have, first of all, have you ever had that experience? Has your rep delivered policies and kind of gone through that discussion? Um, I mean, I have reviews. You know, that resonated with me when you were talking earlier about um, 
having meetings just to build a relationship. I think my rep does a good job of that. We have meetings where we do reviews where he isn't asking me to buy again <laughs> or asking me for referrals, and I appreciate right, that, right. where he's just adding value and not asking anything in return. So I would say that's helpful. Um, I wonder how many FRs are actually having that conversation that you just had. That's powerful. I can tell you as a policyholder um, for 25-plus years, I have had that thought of like, man, we've been paying for this policy for a really long time and we put a lot Mm -hmm. of money into these accounts and wouldn't it be nice to have a little extra cash on hand each month? I'm still doing this this many years later. It's so important to address it and to normalize it and to let them know that you're probably going to feel this way. Um, So I love that part of it. Yep. Great. All right. Well, thanks um, for joining us for this particular episode. I hope you gained something that you can pass on to your FRs. And we will, as always, look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.